Hello and welcome back to another episode of The Post Game here from the basement of Shine Underground, WERW Studios. I'm your host today, Ryan Tab, alongside my co-host, Charlie Desterko. Charlie, it's good to be back in the studio after Thanksgiving. How was your Thanksgiving, by the way? It was good. It was good. I I hung out with a couple friends, just kind of relaxed, and it was much needed, you know, tests and all those schoolwork just kind of taking a toll on me. Yeah, it adds up, especially at the end of the semester. And it's nice to have that week, but it's kind of weird also to like come back and, and then, then have... Yeah, two, three weeks and right. then have to go to Christmas break right. for and a it's, month. It's pressing, too. Like, these last two to three weeks, everyone's grinding nonstop. Um, we were talking before the show, and we wanted to make sure everyone listening got to hear what we had to say. Turkey is bad. No. No, oh, you think it's good? Yeah. Oh, I thought you were on my side. No, I was against you. I said, no, I think it's a horrible argument that if you say... Turkey is bad. It's, you put turkey with gravy and mashed potatoes, and that's one of the best meals you can have. Right, because mashed potatoes is great and gravy is flavorful. Yeah, and then turkey's a perfect combo. It's meat, it's protein, it's slim. If you uh, you have to you have to, I mean, obviously make it right. right but I don't know. You, turkey's pretty bland, if you ask me. I, but, but I mean, like, okay, just straight up, if I'm eating turkey, like, okay, I can kind of see the bland. I still, I still, I don't eat ham. I. I like, or I'll eat like the thicker hands. I won't eat the deli ham. I'll eat deli turkey. I won't eat, but I like oh, I deli turkey. I like better because you yeah. put it on a sandwich and like then there's cheese and bread. Yeah, and it's not like, the only thing. And in Thanksgiving, you put gravy on it and it's great. It's fantastic. You might as well just eat gravy with the spoon at that. Uh, point. I just think I, I think if you if you call turkey bad, I just I don't respect you. It's Thanksgiving. You eat turkey. You like it. So you heard it here. Uh, my co-host has lost all respect for me <laughs> because I think turkey's yeah. bad. Well, in the context we're gonna have to, of Thanksgiving. We're going to have to fight like, right now in the middle of the studio. <laughs> It'd be like uh, Jim Rome when he had uh, Jim Everett on. He yeah. could call him Chris Everett. But um, on that note, your most underrated Thanksgiving food. I know mine. Mine would be latkes, and it's not a Thanksgiving food. Here's the thing. So I'm Jewish, and my family loves to celebrate Thanksgiving, or sorry, celebrate Hanukkah at Thanksgiving, because it's usually just a little bit after, and all the cousins are together. So my grandma makes latkes, potato pancakes, for those of you who might not know, and you put applesauce on them. And it's the only reason I show up to Thanksgiving dinner, because, <laughs> because my family doesn't have any of the good Thanksgiving foods. We don't do mashed potatoes. We do sweet potatoes, which are great. We don't do mac and cheese. It's like, what else am I living for? Like, why am I, why am I here? So for me, underrated latkes, I don't know if it really counts, but that's my pick mine mine has to be broccoli with cheese oh that's so good that's it's because like it's always it's always the respect for it it's always gets lost because you're like oh turkey mashed potatoes i mean i don't like stuffing but stuffing like and then and then no one remembers that side of broccoli and cheese it's so good cheese compliments that so dude, well cheese makes anything like broccoli cheddar soup too yeah oh it's like, like, I, dude, panera broccoli uh, cheddar oh soup it's is, so good the panera soups like specifically that one in the yeah. bread bowl is is yeah incredible. Always. i got that like once or twice maybe three times a week down in dc when i like had to go out to eat and i like didn't really know how to cook for myself so i was going to panera like all the time and that's what i got bread uh, bowl broccoli cheddar soup i love that it's stuff. so good yeah no thanksgiving thanksgiving was fun my uncle paulie's house it was, it was a good time uncle paulie that's yeah. very italian yeah you. So, shout out, shout out, Uncle Paulie. I know he's listening. <laughs> shout right out, now Grandma too. Bobby. I, I was at Grandma Bobby's house, but um, over Thanksgiving, a lot of sports that were on, um, and I'm sure you watched Syracuse football. They had two games: one on the first weekend right before Thanksgiving, and then one on the Saturday following that, as Notre Dame and BC. And we saw the the schedule wrap up, and we saw the season come to a close. So throughout the season, we've been on different pages, and we've been discussing exactly where we thought this team stood and how good they were, or how much of a pretender they were. Having seen those last two games, I still don't really know who this team is. I have a better idea. The Notre Dame game is what I thought would happen. And then BC, I thought would be closer than it was. Yeah. I mean, listen, I think they're a good team. 
they're not a great team. Right. I, I, and, and that's something that comes with Eric Dungy being your starting quarterback. He's a good quarterback. He's not a great quarterback. He's got the body of an NFL player, but he's not. he doesn't have the talent of an NFL he quarterback. He doesn't have anything else of an NFL player. Well, NFL. Well, I mean, he's not Besides talent. The NFL quarterback, no. Right. Um, but I mean, Boston College, they were underdogs by like six or seven points. It was absurd. Right. And they came out and they slaughtered them. Granted, you know, Boston College lost AJ Dillon for the second half. Right. But I mean, the the defense is still pretty bad. Very questionable. And Eric Dungey's not great. And next year, I think. I mean, I just, I just think that they're young. The defense is really young, so next year it'll be a step up. And, but, and Dino, and Dino is doing a good job. I was very critical of Dino because the last two years they couldn't win in November, and you know they they won in November. They won three times. It's not, it's not bad. Yeah, that's that's noticeable improvement. And you mentioned the youth. I think that the youth of the defense is actually, obviously, it's a bad thing right now. But the young players are the most promising parts of that defense. Yeah, and so Cisco. some of those younger, right? Andre Cisco, uh, was he? All first team ACC, or he was all ACC, was, one of the teams. Yeah, I don't um, know, but he he had what seven interceptions. I yeah, think? so I, you're talking about up and coming talent, and so yes, the the defense is young, but the youth is not problematic going forward, which which is something I definitely am excited about for the Orange. And, and yeah, Dino had had that reputation since he got here that November was troublesome and, and burdensome, but obviously they turned things around. The, the Notre Dame game was a different story. That was just that was just brutal. They, they were outmatched at every position. They dropped passes. They couldn't do anything. Exactly. And once you go down against a team like that, you're not coming back. And I think I think to put you know the icing on the cake of that game when Andre Schmidt missed yeah that field goal yep. from like twenty something yards. A chip shot for a guy who's one of the best kickers in the country. Or, well, quote unquote best kicker. I don't know. One of. I'm not. I'm not buying into that. I think the Carrier Dome. Like playing in the carry dome, it's so much having no effect. And and yeah, I don't think he's as good as everyone thinks. But I mean, that's I, I guess I'm just always on the not Syracuse hype football train. Listen, I am the first person to try and find like you. Like I'm the first person to try and find the little issue with Syracuse football and, and tell everyone to pump the brakes. As far as that goes, kicking in the dome, yes, that's definitely much easier. But they play half their games on the road. And it's not like he was noticeably worse on the road or anything like that. So for yeah. me, I still think he's he's a really good kicker, and and I don't think you can argue he's not the best in the country. And you can argue it might be assisted by the fact that he's in the dome and there's no elements. But at the end of the day, he's he's a great kicker, bottom line. And I think we could agree on that. So, for but then you know to put up three points at the end of the game with what ten seconds left was just like that little yeah, like, hey it, guys, we're still here. Yeah, we we got we got points. <laughs> it's not it's not a shutout. But that was an embarrassment. Yeah, um, and, and then and then they came back and and. To Responded be, to be properly. fair, Dungy played very well. Coming off an injury, a really bad injury. Yeah, um, and, he played, and he played very well. And that's something that, at the end of the day, you know, Syracuse football is not a horrible team. They're not a great team. But, you know, they can they can beat good teams. They just can't beat the great ones. Right. Well, and that's, and that's because most great teams can play on both sides of the football. And yeah. right now, Syracuse can only play offense. And if you can stifle their offense like did Notre Dame, you can still get 39 points out there. And, you know, I thought Notre Dame was going to win that game, but I didn't think it was going to look like that. Yeah. I thought it might be by two touchdowns. Dude, I picked Notre Dame to cover, but I didn't on the betting table, but I don't think that. I yeah, didn't imagine that. Literally, right away, they just right. went down the field, scored, went down the field, scored. Right. It was just not and, even close. And there were second and longs, third and longs that they were converting, some that they dropped that they should have converted that yeah. were just left wide open. They were finding the holes in the defense. They came out, game planned perfectly, executed perfectly, and Syracuse was on quite the other opposite end of that. So, 
Bowl season is now coming up. Yeah, Notre Dame not playing in a bowl. Or not a bowl. Not in their championship game. Right, not in their conference not, championship because game. Because they're an independent. But because they finished undefeated, they're they w- effectively a lot. I hope they don't. I really hope they don't. Make, I hope Georgia beats Alabama. Alabama makes it over Notre Dame. That's my that's my ultimate goal. Well, no, the issue, oh. as much as I think that'd be hilarious, the issue is that because Bama and Georgia are both ranked right now, even if they both make it, they don't. Notre Dame doesn't lose their spot. Someone would have to get well, in, and they yeah, both have to I mean, have Oklahoma, to Ohio State. Right. I mean, I think both of them are going to win but their games. I can confidently game. say I would be... I, I can confidently sit here and say Notre Dame is in the college football playoff. Sadly. They, right, because if they weren't <laughs> going to be in the college football playoff as a result of not having a conference championship game, they wouldn't be sitting as high as they are today. There's no point in putting in that high if you're essentially going to say they win all their games and then we're going to take it's them just out. Annoy- it's just annoying. It's just, like, it's it like, is annoying. Every other team has to play that extra game. Georgia is... Is might might be they're they're arguably better than Notre Dame and they will not right be because in the they, college football playoffs because they have they, to play Alabama right and if, if they were an independent team this is a totally different story they're in Notre Dame if they're in the ACC they play Clemson that's a totally different scenario and it's the same thing if they were in any other conference it's they actually play a hard game the only team that doesn't have a hard matchup. Is Clemson because they're playing Pitt because right. the coastal and maybe and, and maybe Ohio State because they get Northwestern yeah. and North, and Northwestern is a difficult team. I don't. I mean, I think Ohio State wins that game. I don't think they would. I like Urban. If Urban loses that game, that's sheesh. Yeah, but he might have some headaches coming it's, back. It's, 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 it, I, it's something that I'm like I always get heated about because if you're an independent, you're not playing that extra game that's screwed over multiple teams from the college football playoffs. Then what is it really saying if if you play in the college football? Say say Notre Dame plays Clemson, right? That's probably what's going to happen, right? Like they're Notre Dame plays Clemson, Clemson kills them. Then it's like, oh great, like you know they didn't play their championship game, they could have lost the championship game, and then this is not even a right. And a it's scenario. And then Oklahoma or Ohio State gets screwed over, or Georgia, or however. Right, and you can recognize that after the fact and say, oh crap, maybe we really should have put them in. But you can't turn around no. and put them in. So at that point, you've, ended, you've effectively taken a season away, a postseason exactly. away from a team that, that fought for it. And then at the same time, you have to give some level of respect to the fact that Notre Dame does not schedule cupcakes throughout the season. They do because no, they, they, have a, they, they have they give themselves a, diff, a relatively difficult yeah. schedule, reasonably difficult, but they don't shy away from that. And, and being independent, they could have yeah. done no, they whatever played, they wanted. They, played, they beat Michigan. Right. They beat Syracuse. And they beat Stanford. All top fifteen teams at the time when they won, right? So and they, they have wins. But and I, Stanford was likely going to be a better team when they made that when they scheduled that. Syracuse was not yeah. uh, slated to be a game that they thought no. was going to be a big one, but but they did not shy away from scheduling tough games and trying to. Yeah, prove and they themselves. had Florida State and Northwestern, right? Like they had a they had a difficult schedule. The, the only thing that I was oh man, the last week against USC, I was on the USC train. Like I was like, come on, like let's like come on, like go Trojans. Like I did not. Oh, no, I don't want to hear that. Man. And let me t- let me tell you a couple reasons why. Uh, primarily because I'm a UCLA fan, and that's Ooh. no secret. So uh, the second best thing to a UCLA win is a USC loss. Um, and yes, UCLA won the Crosstown rivalry on the previous Saturday, the same day that Notre Dame played uh, Syracuse and took home the victory bell again. So there's that. But the other reason is because that game, having been close, um, the reason I wasn't the reason I was agreeing with you and not rooting for Notre Dame to blow USC out or to at least have USC keep it close and maybe win, is because that probably saved Helton's job. If he had gone out with losses to both of his rivals and gotten smacked around by one of them, he probably loses his job. And I think realistically, on the on the contenders for that spot, Dino's name would have come up. 
and Syracuse cannot and would not have paid enough to keep him. And for a guy like Dino, who has a system to go into a team where you don't have to recruit, where it's loaded with four- and five-star recruits, I would have hated to see my college coach leave for my childhood enemy and make them into a football power And again. then Syracuse would get Clay Helton, and Clay Helton would lead Syracuse to a national championship. That is patently false and would not happen. I don't think Clay, Hel- Clay Helton is that bad. No, I don't either. Obviously, there were issues this year. Like, T. Martin was a yeah, really bad offensive coordinator but, for them. But the, if you their look whole at staff, they, they just cleaned they house, it, and right. they were like, all right, go compete. You can't do that and expect them to compete. Right, and Cliff Kingsbury's on campus today. There's reports of that, that he's been hired as the OC or will be hired Good. as the offensive coordinator. Um, I like USC. I think it's, get out of here, bro. (laughs) Uh, But that's going to be something, you know, we might look at it. If Helton steadies the ship and Kingsbury stays on staff as the OC, or if Helton gets canned and Kingsbury becomes, becomes the head coach and, and wins a few games and keeps the job and stays there, then we might be looking at, at least offensively speaking, Chip Kelly three years from now at UCLA. Getting that, getting that going, and then having Kingsbury at SC—that's fun offense. Yeah, that's fun offense. I think I think Helen will be good. I think USC is fine. If, yeah, the body of their work. I mean, his yeah. first two years, twenty-one games combined, one, and then you know Rose Bowl berth. They have a starting JT Daniels this year. That's yeah. tough. Uh, but but enough about that West Coast. Go back um, to the East. Yeah, side. we'll come back to the East Coast. So so for bowl games, as far as Syracuse is concerned, there are a few options, and you you and I were talking about them before. Right. For the show, obviously the the, the most. Ideal, or I guess the, mo- the the most ideal one, I guess you could say, is the pinstripe bowl against Purdue. See, for me, the only reason I don't like the pinstripe bowl for Syracuse, it, there's a few reasons. One is it was the last bowl they played in, so it's not like you know they haven't been in a bowl for a while. And if you go back to the same place you were last time, it's and not it's all that the same special. Place where they just and lost they, and they, <laughs> they played there. They'll have played there when the bowl actually rolls around just a month prior, and it's just not. It doesn't have that special feeling for what. For a lot of Syracuse fans and for the players on the team was a very special season and meant a lot to the program. It'd be nice for them to go out with a bowl that rewards them like that. Like the camping Like the camping, camping world, world bowl. bowl. Isn't that what? That's that would likely be against West Virginia? I think so. Which talk about offense. You'd have two teams who don't play a lick of defense. <laughs> two teams that pretty much just get into shootouts and pray that, you know, they can connect on enough passes downfield and break enough tackles that they end up winning. That'd be a fun game. I think that'd be bad for Syracuse. I think West Virginia would be the favorite in that game. And I By think, a lot. And I think, yeah, I think for but, good reason. But you'd hammer the over because that's going to be like oh, 100, yeah. 100, 100, 100, 100 whatever, whatever they put the over on, especially in bowl season two, when, when whatever plays you didn't run during the regular season, for whatever reason, you were saving them for a close game, and you just start going crazy. Yeah. These, these coaches, these offensive guys, they rip out some of their most fun plays, some of the craziest yeah. plays. They save them for bowl season. They save them for the end of the year. And so the top, you know, that's well. That's that's that. also assuming that everyone plays because, right? Know, Greer has the Greer has the has the opportunity to go right. to the NFL draft and sit out like exactly other players have done previously in the past. Right. Given that he won't be playing in the college football playoff, given that he doesn't have that chance to go to the Big Twelve championship game and, and do all that, I think the likelihood he decides to sit is is higher. Yeah, which would just be a brutal if Syracuse got into the Camping World Bowl and then we had to watch the West Virginia backup quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it would just be brutal. It would be brutal, but and it'd be brutal for Syracuse because you want to win against competition. You don't want to win against no, like you'd rather win than lose, of course. And that's why like Purdue is a good football team, but like even Syracuse can do better. Right. Well, Ohio, we thought Ohio State could too. And then they got shellacked by Purdue. But like at the same time, Ohio State, you know, one you have you always have one bad game. No, it's well, a fluke. Like, it's a fluke. Most most teams have one bad right. game. You go into Purdue. It, it's the same thing with Pitt. You go into Pitt. 
That's a hard place to play. Yeah. Regardless of how good that team is, it's a hard place to play. Yeah. And same things with Purdue. And whenever you play in the Big Ten, Big Twelve, whatever, when you're on the road, those there there is a distinct home field advantage. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Always there is. is. Like there that's is. why Northwest. If theoretically speaking, if Ohio Midwest State football's played a different, it's Northwestern just different. in Northwestern for this bowl game, I would not be surprised had the spread be single digits or Northwestern to come back and and win. Yeah. Well, the, you're looking at at the Midwest. And football yeah. in the Midwest and the South. In the South, yeah, just are, not in Syracuse. It's a it was not on, not on, not on either of the coasts. Not on you know, but the uh, Midwest USC and the South. Football. It's a different. It's different. It's not. I feel like well, I've, USC's the always same. been unbelievable. So. They're no, they're unbelievably unbelievably good. But from a fan perspective, as a place to play, right, a, yeah. a stadium atmosphere. Oh no, yeah, you want to play in Penn State, right. in Michigan, right. in Ohio State, exactly, exactly. It's the same thing with basketball. With I mean, I I, I would say the Carrier Dome. The Dean Dome, um, Cameron Indoor. Well, and part of the, the you East know, Coast one there. of the great things about college basketball is that the stadiums at times are so small that you can effectively create that's, what feels like a hundred thousand well, fans. Yeah, Duke. That's Cameron why Indoor, Duke is, yeah. is such a has has such a home field advantage, right? Or home court because that you literally sit like the, the media sits on the edge and then the fans are literally breathing down their neck. Yeah, the fans are pretty much and, on the court with yeah. the players yelling in their ear. It's it makes wild. it impossible. So that's and then, and then you have the carrier dome where they, they want to make the money so they bring in the stand, right. sell those tickets. The students who would chirp are you way know, back. Way behind way, the basket way, too. Behind the which basket, is the most disappointing behind the media, thing. all the way in the back. I really hate when college stadiums have the students behind the basket yeah it's stupid because they because they will they are the ones that give you that home field advantage. they give you the home field advantage and mind they're you reckless. they're the ones that actually keep the school going like yeah. there's a school is nothing without its students yeah. you know i'm not saying you have to give center court the all the way back well, up to the top of the no, dome to the students but something where they can see when the ball is not right in front of them because from from the hoop the ball's on the other side yeah, of the but, court and, and, and that's and that's why the best seats you would think would be closest to the court for students but I it's think not. the best is the second floor. You, you want to get second, either second floor or first second floor section. at the 45-degree angle as far to the right yeah, as you can but, so but you get you, that corner if you shot. Get the, if you get the bird's eye view up top, I mean, you can't beat. Like that's, right. I would go to the games, and sometimes they wouldn't even let me up to the second like second section. Unless because, it's because the first doesn't fill up. It doesn't fill up right away, and I had to wait. But I, I wanted that first row in the second level because you see everything. Right. I can't see anything. It, same thing with being like covering the games. I sit behind the hoop. I can't see like a quarter of the plays because if you come in driving left, I can't see because the the hoop is in my way. So I have to watch the big screen. Right. It's absolutely ridiculous. It's it's a pain, and it's it's. I don't want to sound too bothered by it, but it's it's almost disrespectful as a student. It's stupid. It's stupid. It, the rule is not good. It, it it or whatever they have it. Whyever, however, they want to make reason. money. Right. They want to make money, and right. they know the Carrodome will fill up. Regardless, and because Syracuse basketball the is the expensive. biggest thing in, the, in in this area. Right. No question about it. And the other thing I don't like, and I've been saying this for a long time, and I don't know if it was di- – I, I think someone told me, someone who uh, is a grad student who is, grew up in Syracuse, that it used to be different. But as, as far as I've known it, it was – since I've been following Syracuse, it's been the same, which is behind the, the stands that they bring in for basketball games, they need to drop like, like a – an, a divider. You know when you're in a, like a gym when you're younger and they drop the divider on a basketball court and like I don't know if you're in like PE and like someone's playing dodgeball on the other side. Those kinds of things. Like yeah, you need to the, they need to have one to drop behind there the because the so you don't see the rest of the stadium that they don't sell. It's not that it's empty, but they don't step like half of the seats aren't for sale. Well, that's so yeah, you're just looking into a void and it looks bad. Yeah, well that's why the the cameras come 
toward the right. court, toward the fans, not. For, the so other for, way for around, TV, where... no one would know, but from being in the stadium, oh no, yeah, it, you look it destroys right the experience empty. because they're not even for sale. But it feels like it feels like they should be. Yeah, no, it's it's it kind of seems disingenuous sometimes. Yeah. But. It's it's a pain. I, yeah, it feels like a high production value kind of thing. Yeah, but if you're it's, right it's there, money, you money, money. It. When I mean, imagine imagine the Carrier Dome if you put the if you put the students at those stands. Right, I, it, it's a totally different atmosphere. Right. They're going, they're jumping up and down. And they, there's that space between them and courtside, so they could be running around there. That would be crazy for home home court advantage. That's a totally different element. Right. Add in the depth perception that Syracuse knows how to shoot, and the other teams don't really mm-hmm. do. I mean, they should go undefeated at home with that, and they don't. Think about uh, this school is such an enigma in so many ways, but there's these little things that seem so obvious that Syracuse just does Visual, differently. I mean, at the end of the day, they, they sell well, those tickets are probably like a hundred dollars each. Yeah, and then the, the, no one's gonna want to sit behind the behind the backboard, so they're or, so they're just like, oh, I'll throw the students there. Right. It doesn't matter. But think about, I mean, every every, not every, but plenty, plenty, plenty of other universities make it work the other way. No, I mean, yeah, I know because... for me, Poly Pavilion is a place where I spend a lot of my time watching UCLA basketball. And that's, you know, I haven't, how many other colleges do you really spend a lot of time on? So that's one of my reference points. And they have the student section on one side. It's the lower level for for the sideline. So yeah. it's exactly what we're talking about. And then they have a few more students behind the hoop if you get in later. Yeah. And the students don't have as many seats as we do. So there is an advantage, which is pretty much as many students who want to can go to the game. Theoretically. And yeah. like if you're at Cameron Indoor, not every student gets in. No. So there are advantages and, and, but I think that the more committed students would still show up and the atmosphere would be incredible. And you can have overflow for the students into the behind the back. And that's part. why, I mean, tickets for students cost like the amount that it would take to be front row. You know what's a scam? Others. Let me tell you what's a scam, actually, because this 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 I'm angry. All right. <laughs> I'm seriously angry because I didn't buy football tickets this season because I, I don't really love watching. And then the you dome. bought basketball tickets. Th- was it just think, as much as football? So I don't think the dome is a great viewing experience for football. Um, and I don't think that, and I didn't think the team was going to be a, as exciting as they were. And, and quite frankly, for for me as a college football fan, I'd much rather watch six games in my room at once than have be confined to the dome and only be following yeah, scores of other of games. Course. Because I'm a fan of the sport more than I'm a fan of Syracuse in particular for college football. With that said, I decided I was going to buy my basketball tickets. It's what I've done every year. Uh, I've well, every year that I've been here, I've bought both. I've bought the combined package, but they've always offered a basketball only package. So I log on this year. Let me get my basketball tickets. They don't offer basketball only anymore. They've combined the two. So okay, I kind of I kind of get that. But now football season's over. It's a little annoying. Whatever. I go to check out. It says please select two of the following, and there were two options. Yeah. Football package, basketball package. So within the Ticketmaster system, it's divided into football and basketball, but it will not let you proceed with checkout without selecting both. So I called them. I said, it's telling me I have to select both. They're clearly separate within the system, even though you advertise them as together. Football season is over. Why would I pay for a full football season? (laughs) That already happened. And they said, oh, it's just, you know, it's just the nuance of the system and, and we it's it's all together. And I'm like, I understand you say that, but I'm looking at it right now. You should just buy single. Did you buy the tickets? So I'm going to buy. No, I didn't. Just I, buy single I'm game gonna buy single game you want to go. to the games I want to go to in advance. So I'm going to get all the big games, single game. And Can you buy student tickets in advance or do you have to buy? I think you can buy them in advance. Okay. I, I know like Duke's on sale already, I think. Is it? I think so. I think I got an email about that. I need, so, to, I need to like borrow one of my friend's IDs and go to the game. Right. And then so for the rest of the games that I go to on a whim where my friends decide they want to go. I have enough people on campus I know that like might not be going to the game who have it and now that they have the mobile ticketing yeah. system they can just email me their ticket or text it to me. 
and that works just as well. It's a little, and so you I, know, what? you're yeah. not taking my money, Syracuse. You're Wild Hack. You're not getting my money. All right, I'm not paying for something that already well, happened. And you got to stop scamming your students. As a university, we get scammed more than I'm sorry. Like I financially <laughs> have so much. John, pent up, listen up. <laughs> I have so much pent up anger against this university for so many reasons. And listen, then they want they us to pay back. They spent 13 million dollars on a sidewalk, then raised tuition. And if we were, and we go to one of the most expensive schools in the country, if this school was Harvard, you could justify that to me. But if you're not in one of the few elite programs at this university, you are getting scammed. You, are not, you should not be paying the amount of tuition you do. <laughs> but they spend our money all willy-nilly, and then they ask us to cough up more when they make decisions without, in, without yeah, no, that's exact, asking us that's what we exactly want. That's exactly why I, if I, if I make a lot of money, like, or I guess when I make a lot of money, I'm going back to, like, the Daily Orange, my right. fraternity, who get no money from W E R W that don't that doesn't get help, and I help them out because you know what I don't care about you know the sidewalks or Bird right. Library right. sixth floor or we're redoing Shine and the gyms and I can't that's another thing I mean it's under construction now but come on you're you are a Division One basketball filled school. And your gyms are garbage. The gyms here are trash. You don't have a nice gym. I could go like to. I bet you like if I went to Buffalo, the gym, the gyms way there are way nicer than, than Syracuse. Probably. Purdue's is unbelievable. I mean, it's Georgetown is great. Not even. I don't even care about like even the workout. The workout stations they all stink. Yeah, they're old equipment. And but like if you are a basketball school, how come? You don't have the nicest gyms. I get that it's going to happen now or like next year or whatever. Once we're gone, we're of course, gone. Right? And it's just so stupid. And they don't do I, it over the summer. They do it while we're here. So we don't even get to use it. Like they take the gym apart while we're here. So it's not like over the summer, like we get to use it all year and then we leave and we come back and it's yeah, ready. It's ridiculous. They take a full year to do the construction. They destroy the whole thing while we're here. I understand it's a big underhaul. They can't do it in a summer, but yeah. it's a pain. And the worst of it all. But why is it happening in 2018? Right, it should it's have been late. done in like 2000. And the worst of it all. You're so 2000 and late. <laughs> <laughs> the worst of it all is that there's three basketball courts in Flanagan. Yeah. And for half the year, it's one of them's used for volleyball. Yeah. One hey, of them's used come for on, volleyball. I'm in the intramural volleyball semifinals tonight. Good for you. I'm, I'm happy about to win for a you, championship. Charlie. I'm about to be an intramural champion. You pull up champion. with that ring next week, and I'll I'm be wearing I, my shirt. I'm right. wearing my intramural champion shirt. Good. I'm glad you will. Because I volleyball hope you win. is legit. But but I, I do think that there should be more than just two courts right. for basketball. Because then when everyone it's cold out and people don't want to go places and we want a ball, which is you know ball is life. Yes. And we get always. in there and there's a hour-long wait to get on the floor and if it's you ridiculous. lose you got to wait another hour it ruins the experience so i know we were going to move on to another subject and we take a break we're going to push back our break all right charlie because we I'm still down. have to talk about the heisman conversation okay it's the last thing left on our docket for college football and we got to get into it uh who's Tua. your pick i know who your pick Tua. is yeah. you know and right. you're gonna make the argument oh you uh, know yes Kyle, I, am. Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> I am first i want to say there was a great tweet someone said like y'all pray for my sister nothing wrong with her just um she thought tua stood for the university of alabama not the oh, quarterback's name <laughs> which is like it sounds stupid but actually like i would have never thought T -U -A, of that like, yeah, right the you, university of alabama i guess that's but like, like then you look at every other school and there's no t for right. the it's like right. washington state university like that. so as of november 19th pick six free previews tweeted out some stats and i couldn't find any more updated ones and quite frankly as a student coming up on finals i didn't have the time to add them all up myself so here's what we're going to get week old stats but everyone says Tua's a landslide. Tua's going to win. 
Tua doesn't even play the fourth quarter. Kyler's stats are inflated because he plays more football. Let's take out well, Kyler. I mean, Kyler Murray also plays in a conference where no, no, no. they First don't thing, play. We'll get defense. there. We'll get there. Let's defense. take out. Ky- <laughs> Let's take out Kyler Murray's fourth quarter stats. In quarters one through three this year, Kyler Murray, three thousand five hundred forty-five total yards as of a week ago, thirty-seven total touchdowns. Tua. 3,026 yards and 35 total touchdowns. Now, yeah, yes, that's also counting running, right? He's thrown five less interceptions. Yeah, total yards. Yeah. We're not the Heisman's not a passing award. No, I know. So I'm, then I, I was just I was just for my benefit of watching like of looking at the stats right now, because he has 3,674 passing yards. Right. And Tua has four hundred less, but he also plays, you know, about you know, fifteen minutes less or twelve. But, or right, but you take is. out this fourth quarter stats and it's still still Total yardage. Yeah, but moving uh, down the okay. field, Kyler's more. So you wait, you brought up the point the Big 12 does not play defense. No argument here. Defensively speaking, the Big 12 is the worst in the country. Yeah, did you not watch the Oklahoma-West Virginia game? I did. I tweeted it about touchdown. it. Yeah, and then, and I, then you yeah, tweeted, I tweeted back. Because so. yeah, if you... Okay, Oklahoma scores a touchdown. The next play is a 75-yard touchdown for West Virginia. The next play, it's like a 70-yard touchdown to Hollywood. And I'm like, I can't... I'm on my phone in a Wawa on my way back home to finish the game. And I can't because in a Wawa, every, I was getting food. You know what a Wawa is? No, it's like a. Am I uncultured like a, for that? It's a Northeast thing. Okay, it's like it's basically. You know what a quick check is? Also, no. All right, okay. You know, all right, it's like a Seven Eleven, uh-huh. but like ten times nicer. Okay, and they they have they make subs and like they make subs and they make um, milkshakes and and other wow. stuff, and it's like really good. It's, I gotta get to a it's Wawa. Fire, yeah. I'll come visit me. I'll take you to a Wawa. 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 But. So I'm in, I'm in the I'm I'm it doesn't matter I'm getting a milkshake my right. my friend's getting a buffalo chicken sub like we're waiting like for this thing and and Kyler Murray's I, getting his for ten for ten minutes I left and there were three touchdowns I don't get in it ten minutes real time or ten minutes football time real time that's not incredible football time. that's incredible it was like I literally walked in they had they were scoring as I walked in and by the time I walked out. It was the 75-yard touchdown on West Virginia that right. one played just there, and then Oklahoma did the same exact thing. I was going crazy. I'm like, how? Like, why? So, it's just ridiculous. That's why I think at the end of the day, Tua, Tua the, if you look at the stats, right? Tua and him both complete the same amount of percent of passes. Right. Tua has a couple thousand, like a couple hundred less yards, and doesn't play as much like we talk about. Okay, who cares? Even then, then he has 36 touchdowns to two interceptions passing wise. Kyler has 37 seven. and seven. Right. So he has one more touchdown and five more interceptions. In a conference, mind you, where defense isn't played. No, hear me out. Here's and two was and and hold on. All right. Who was right. other interception? His first interception was just a hail mary toss up at the end of the first half. Okay, so, so you, you could look. I, at I don't want to play that throwing game. Throwing one interception. We're not playing that game can, because right, I'm no fine. because That's I'm still shirk- five. That's still five more interceptions, even if you count the two. I'm not. It's, I'm not. I'm not saying we should add five. I'm just saying I'm not playing the game of well. You look at this one interception. Take no. that away because okay, we're looking at the seven for Kyler Murray. I'm sure one of them was tipped on what should have been easy Probably. catch. I'm sure maybe he threw one at the end of the of the of the first half. Whatever the and case. And then you look at Tyler, Kyler Murray's uh, run in the beginning of the Oklahoma Oklahoma West Virginia game after West Virginia scores. It just shows like, you how incredible he is. It shows you how little defense is played. They were like, dude, it was it was wild. It, it felt like he was like running and just the defense was just like. Kind of jogging after him. No, I'll tell you about that in a second because I have a very particular take on Hollywood's on that style him, of running. Well, that might be fine. That might be true. Hollywood. That is true. Speed. Hollywood is so good. Yeah. I want Hollywood on the Jets so bad. So let me let me let me tell you real quick. Yes, the Big Twelve plays no defense, and no, 
the SEC's level of defense is not nearly as bad as the Big 12. I'm, I want to put that on the table very clearly as my statement so that nothing gets yeah, misconstrued after LSUs, the But Georgia, what I want you to know, Alabama's. what I want you to know is that the SEC has been and will continue to be and is the most overrated conference in sports. No, you want to know what the most overrated and conference in sports is? N- the ACC for football. We'll they, get into that they later. They have one That's, good is, football team. This is a topic for one another time, Charlie. One good football team. No one else is good in the ACC. Okay, maybe a topic for another time. I might actually agree with you on that one. But the point is that the SEC is incredibly overrated. Here's the thing. The SEC plays one less game in conference than all the other Power Fives. You know why? So they all get a free win. So they all go bowling. And you know what happens? They finish with a losing record in bowl season against other Power Five teams. All right? Let's lay on that on the table first. Second of all, I want to acknowledge this idea that the SEC plays better defense. They play better defense than the Big 12. I'm, I'm not yeah, uh, obviously, way better defense obviously, than the Big right? Big I play 10, way Big better. Big 10 de- probably plays right. better defense. I play big de- better defense than the Big 12. All I'm saying is the the idea this this idea we have that the SEC plays lockup defense is aided by the fact that they don't play offense. The the offenses of the SEC are abysmal. There are no quarterbacks who are competitive. There are no complete offensive units in the in the, in the SEC. And so every time you watch Mississippi what? State, a ranked team, LSU, a ranked team, combine in two back-to-back game against, games against Alabama for no points, and the Citadel comes out and scores 17, it reminds you that not only is the SEC good on defense, I'm not saying they're bad defensively, but they don't play offense, and it's really easy to play defense against somebody that doesn't play offense. Listen, it's not overrated. There's four teams in the top ten. Yeah, because of that, because of that notion that they're that good. The, if you look at the schedule, like Georgia, Georgia. Okay, Georgia. If you put Alabama against every team right now, Alabama is the best well, team in the country. Right, Nobody's okay, arguing that's that. That's a win. Georgia. How many teams are better than Georgia? Probably one or two. Alabama and Clemson, I'd say, and Notre Dame. You'd say Notre. I think I think, I think Notre Georgia Dame. would. Notre Dame plays complete football, in every in for every facet so of that Notre Georgia. Dame team. No, 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 no. They don't. Dude, the last since beat number nine Florida by nineteen. Oh, beat you mean another nine. overrated SEC team that get, they get boosted? They get these. They get no their teams because up their there. defense they is beat good. Up on no. themselves and that their defense is good. I'm not their saying defense, it's not. But Florida's defense is good. Their quarterback just is not great. Right. So does Felipe right. Franks is not good. Exactly. But why is a team with a bad quarterback ranked ninth in the country just for playing defense? Because their defense is so good. Or is it that the other teams in the SEC, like Florida, play against guys like Felipe Franks? No, which they aids don't, the though. fact that yes, they are. He's in the SEC. Yo, no, he's not. But like, okay, Fromm is great. Tua is great. Oh, uh, Fromm uh, is not great. I it took me a second to process that. Fromm Frum is, is good. Fromm's Frum Frum going to be the number two pick in the draft next year because he looks like an NFL quarterback. Because he. He is an NFL quarterback. From, and I'm not saying he's going to be bad. From, from, do you see what he did last year? As an NFL prospect. They they almost beat Alabama. They As almost they beat did. Alabama. They did almost beat Alabama. And From was the biggest reason. If it wasn't for Tua coming out, they slaughter Alabama in the in the championship game. Yeah. And yet they only won a close one against against Oklahoma. So I'm not saying the transitive property doesn't apply, but let's not act like Oklahoma wasn't just as close to going to that game and who knows what would have happened. Listen, if I, Oklahoma kept with Georgia, you're right. You, you are right, though. Like Burrow is OK. That's music to my ears. You are right. My favorite. You oh, are, that's my no, favorite. Three you are words. right in the sense that that quarterbacks are slim pickings in the SEC. But that is only because every SEC team focuses on stockpiling defenses. I don't think 
this conference is overrated, and I think a lot of these rankings are fair except for Kentucky because I think Kentucky's bad. But I think that if they stockpile their defenses, and obviously against better offense like Oklahoma is going to put up points against an SEC team, but they limit them and they beat them because their defense is better. Here's what we're going to do, Charlie. And, 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 and Here's what we're going to do. You're just by the next show, we're gonna bowl watch. selections will have come out. Yes, and we'll pick. we're gonna go through all the bowl games. We're gonna find what we consider and we we're gonna have AJ set an over under on the SEC's record against other conferences, other Power Five conferences, or maybe we won't even do an over under. We'll figure out something like that, but we're gonna discuss that for sure off air. We'll come back. We'll we'll share our opinions and we'll watch it unfold. And when season three of the post game kicks off next semester, we'll address how right I was and how wrong you well, were. Well, no, we oh yeah, because it'll be it'll, it'll be over break. break. But all right, well, follow us on Twitter so we can chirp each other. Oh, we're gonna—it's me chirps out the window. Um, but I'm uh, I'm at R Y T A B B. That's at R Y T A B B. I'm at Charlie Disturco and at Charlie Disturco. Uh, and yeah, we'll definitely be getting into this. It's this is like this is prime college football talk right here. And uh, with that, we're gonna head to a little break. I think that's everything we were gonna touch on for football. Yeah, we're not it? done though. No, we're not dun, done though. Dun, Don't dun, do not go anywhere. There's more quality radio coming back. But um, we'll be back in a few minutes. And for now, enjoy some ASAP Rocky.
And we are back. Thank you for sticking with us if you did through that break. Uh, we've got a lot to talk about. And as much as I wish we could keep talking about college football because that's riveting. And I believe college football is the, the best sport. Yeah, I think college basketball is. Well, I love college basketball too. That'd be probably my second or third favorite. Uh, NBA might be in there too. But regardless, it's great stuff. Yes. It is great stuff. But it's time to move on. We're going to stick in college sports. We're going to move on to your favorite, like you just said, college, college basketball. basketball. And we haven't talked Q's basketball in a little while. Yeah, the last time we talked was before Madison Square Garden, before right. Syracuse blew up. They just, they were In a so negative bad. sense. Yeah, blew up in a, they got slapped by UConn, which. Exactly how you said it, mind you. I, I was watching the game and I just heard your voice going, UConn's going to be ball, ball pressuring the whole game. They're not yeah. going to be able to keep possession. I don't know why I didn't take UConn. Me and you both wanted to take UConn. In the in the, against the spread, but we didn't. I we even said up. UConn on air, and then you guys yeah, convinced, convinced me. Convinced you not to, yeah. But no, yeah. The defensive pressure that Jalen Adams put on um, Jalen Carey was just, it wasn't even close. It highlighted how big of a loss not having Frank Howard was. Yes, and Frank Howard being, and since Frank Howard has been back, they're 2-0. and Yeah. So, granted, Frank Howard hasn't played great. He fouled out last night. But and he's he done played, enough. And he shot 1-5, of but... Having him there and having Tyus Battle not play point guard is a total game-changing experience, right. especially now allow, allowing Jalen Carey not to be to not to carry the load of the burden. It is totally different. I think you know I picked Syracuse to lose against Ohio State in my beat, in my beat writer predictions on at the DO, and I was surprised that Syracuse actually played this well. Granted, they were the second worst three-point shooting team in the country entering. Right. And they shot about 50%. Right. That will usually, for a team that has played some close games and, like you just said, can't shoot the three for the life of them, if you come out and shoot the Which, three, you've completed your team, essentially. Yes, you've done they, the one thing you can't do, and you're going to win if you do the other things yeah, well. And they play better defense, and right. the offense is falling. But the thing that annoys the—it just annoys me so much is that Syracuse still, even now, because I, I was sitting at home watching the game with my friends— and I was, and we kept like every stupid shot they take. They take so many off balance, hand in their faces shots. Tyus Battle, O'Shea Brissett, whatever, step back jumper, off balance, doesn't even come close. Tyus loves his hit to hold his hitch, the little hitch in his shot at the top, right until the defender gets there and makes it a bad shot, and then yeah, he releases. But it doesn't make sense because Tyus Battle is probably more athletic than everyone on the floor. He doesn't play like it, but he well because he does for like slivers of time. Right, you'll see a play where he crosses over, drives to the hoop, and slams it home because he beat his defender so badly, he went right and Tyus went left. And it just doesn't make sense that they don't try that more. Why O'Shea Brissett still, for some reason, thinks he can shoot a jumper, it's unbelievable. but he can't. It's unbelievable. He cannot. That was for me when I was watching the tournament games with him. Uh, it was just like, stop over, shooting, over drive to the hoop. I mean, deep, not even, and so the other thing here, what's really aggravating, right, is, is when you play on a, on a court that has the NBA lines, it encourages... Deep threes. Deep threes. And whether or not you realize that these guys end up behind the line, yes. that's an NBA three. So they're shooting not just a lot of threes, but deep threes. So when you've got O'Shea pulling up 0 for 5 from NBA range, it's it's mind-numbing. You cannot understand why team. a guy would do There's that. There's one guy on that team that I would not be sad with him taking threes, and that's Elijah Hughes. Yeah, The I only agree. one. Everyone else... Get your butt inside the paint and attack, especially because you're bigger, better, and a more athletic. That's than how them. they. That's how they get recruited. Jim Beheimer recruits athletic players to be able to play the two three. So why they don't play like athletes on the other side of the floor makes absolutely it, no it's sense. Because they want to like show off and be like, yeah, I can go one on one up top. I, it, I don't know what does Jim Beheim do because oh, you don't get practice, me started on this because no, I don't talk know about this. Right. Wait, I, so, yeah. so actually, I have a, I have a my, one of my friends at home raised this point when I was watching, or mm -hmm. one of my friends while we were watching the game. 
He goes, because I've been on the Jim Beheim is overrated train for like three years now. As have I. And he goes. I've been on the over the hill train, not quite overrated. The reason reason why everyone says Jim Beheim is great is because he makes these tournament runs, right? Mm -hmm. So they all think he figures something out with his team or makes an adjustment and then they start winning. My friend pitched this idea that maybe his team, who are good recruits and good basketball players, and they figure it out at the end. They figure it out (laughs) themselves, and they realize, wait, I can do this, or wait, we should do this. And Jim just takes all the credit, but really, he doesn't do anything. Yeah, that's definitely an interesting take. I don't know necessarily that I'm going to ride with that one quite yet, but for me. And I've said it on the show before. I just think that the zone is problematic and not as a concept, but a, at the amount that they play it, right? You need to yeah. have some differentiation in your defense. Only on the fact that we look at the league nowadays in the NBA, right, which is a reflection of college and is a reflection of, of high school and the way things are trending, AAU circuits and all that good stuff. Um, people don't go inside anymore. People can shoot from range. Steph has it's- reinvented basketball. And so, oh, we're going to take bigs, opponent bigs out of the game with the 2-3. And we're going to give you th- deep threes and fast breaks. Until opponent bigs are bowl bowl who can shoot threes, or opponents just do away with bigs entirely and just shoot threes. And even if you were effectively scoring on the other end, which we don't, which Syracuse does not, you'd still be getting outscored because threes worth more than two. Yeah. I mean, you would need someone to, to attack and really form a team in the NBA that can beat the Warriors shooting team, which is extremely hard to do. But, I mean, you get a guy like Bull Bull on your team, and then you have athletic, like Kawhi Leonard, Bull Bull. Like, I mean, I, this is never going to happen. Right. But you get these guys who are athletic, can shoot at some point, but they attack inside and can get inside and also play defense, and it's a totally different thing. Right. But it's just it's just brutal to watch this team. Like, there's a, it's 40 minutes of game time. I probably sit there and go, what the heck is going on? 38 of them. Yeah. Yeah. There's about there's there's a few where you're like, oh, that's a nice play, or oh, that's a good shot. Usually it's finally. Yeah. It's not even, oh, that's nice. It's like, finally. I've been yeah. thinking that the well, whole time. You, it's, you just did it now? Half the time, I'm like, why are you sh- Oh, okay. <laughs> like, you made it. Right. But like, it's a bad shot, even if it goes yeah. in. Yeah. Tyus I- and O'Shea are playing so much more stupid than they than they are. Like, right. O'Shea in particular. O'Shea. You use use your post moves. You're good in the post. You're strong. Shea's been partying you're, you're, a little too much. Yeah. <laughs> they're one. They're one of the tallest teams in the country, and they don't use their height to their advantage. They try to settle for threes and don't realize that they could beat. They 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 should have walked all over UConn, and they didn't because they just settled. They were trying to shoot threes, and they were like, "Oh God, we're 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 behind. We have to shoot." Like, no, attack and play your game that fits your style. Don't try to adapt to something else. That's why Syracuse basketball in the tournament is good because because they, they do that. They they attack the paint. They play good defense, and the two three screws up teams, and then they have the opportunity, and they're playing the basketball that they should be playing, and they make a run. Right. And people say things to me when I always bring up that two three issue, and they say, "Well, look what it does in the tournament. Look how well they did. It's only because of the two three. I'm not saying to do away the two three, especially I, because I it's am. played like a like like I think like I think a three this, two. I think but, this Syracuse team. Is, would be way better man-to-man than 2-3. I agree for now, but what I was going to say is that I'm just saying, instead of playing 2-3 98% of the time and pressing 2% of the time, why don't you play 2-3, oh, I don't know, 75% of the time, man up 20% of the time, throw different looks at teams? You can still be the most 2-3 dominant team in the country at 75%, and you can just do other things. But you don't have to commit to something that, oh, by the way, when teams figure it out, you're screwed. You're screwed. And yeah. they, and they have no other style of play to go to. Like what do they what do they think is gonna happen when they play 
like Duke Gonzaga or Gonzaga, Gonzaga or like one of the Buffalo. One of the, yeah, right, like, right. Exactly. Yeah, you take a team that knows how to shoot the ball and knows how to beat a zone, and you're screwed. Mm-hmm. You're not going to win. No, not at all. Uh, it, it, it's incredibly aggravating, and I am very much of the mindset that Bayheim is over the hill, as just because the game has changed and he hasn't. And that's problematic. And I've talked about player development before on the show and how I think he has issues helping young players grow. And I think that he he makes them more scared to play their style of basketball and grow through mistakes because there's always that fear like what happened to Frank being in his doghouse's freshman season, making mistakes and coming out of the game. If you're a point guard, you have as a young guy, you have to be able to make mistakes. Jalen Carey is going to have to get time to play through his mistakes this year. And, um, and he will. Right. And, and um, it, it's problematic because when you have that fear of going to the bench, yeah, well, you you play. Yeah, you want to know who has a fear of going to the bench? Barama Sidibe and Pascal Chukwu. Yes, they last night, thirty seconds in. All right, Pascal, you're <laughs> out. Barama, you're in. A minute right. and a half later. All right, Marek, you're in. Barama, you're out. Like Jim, what are you doing? How do you think this benefits the team? Like, there's no way that, that, no. that that's positive for them. No, there's no it, way. It's just it's absolutely ridiculous that. Jim Beheim, if you're gonna if you're gonna take out Chuku thirty seconds in, don't start him. Do not start him. Right? Why? Why? Are you also, doing that? also, I don't know why you're not playing Marek more. Marek is ten is the best big man on this team, and he developed and and, and grew innumerably, immeasurably during the postseason last year. And we've seen him regress because of the limited playing time. Yeah, he's, he's got. not getting any time, and, the and fear, he's way better than everyone else. And there. the fear of regressing or being sent to the bench. And the one other thing that I see with this team, and I've seen with Syracuse teams in the past, but this team is. Oh my goodness, they do it in bunches. Every time there's a little bit of pressure, they get into the paint and the defense collapses a little bit. Pick up the dribble. Yep. Keep that pivot foot down. They start spinning around. Defenses fill the lanes doing. and they turn it over. Why they can't be aggressive and impose their will on other teams with the players they have is aggravating. This is my favorite thing and then we'll move on. There was a Bleacher Report article earlier this week that was grading the top freshmen in college basketball in the country just to break down to some of their some of their skills and, and how they've done thus far into the season and they get to bowl bowl. Um and they say Syracuse's zone usually neutralizes opposing centers, uh, daring teams to shoot threes rather than feeding the post, blah, 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 blah. Bowl Bowl destroyed the Orange to the tune of 26 points, 9 rebounds, 4 blocks, 3 steals. Syracuse has 3 guys who are 6'10 or taller, Pascal Chukwu, Marek Dolajai, and Barama Sidibe. And they combine for just 4.7 boards in one block. The way I, In 46 minutes uh, dealing with the Bowl. The way I know that whoever wrote this article does not watch Syracuse basketball is because... Four points, seven boards, and one block is about par for the course for those three guys combined. Yeah, the big, the big, the talent of the bigs on Syracuse's roster is awful. So I found it comedic that somebody was highlighting what actually, for a Syracuse fan, is an average game for those three guys and saying, "Wow, look what Bowl Bowl did to them." Yeah, our average as a team for bigs is what people consider getting destroyed by yeah. by an all. It, it just it just doesn't make sense. American. It just doesn't make sense that Chukwu isn't better than he is cuz you're 7 foot 3, bro. You're and, 7 and foot 3. And with that three. said though, he has developed a lot this yeah, season but it, yes. and he's not played a lot of competitive basketball, organized basketball right. in his yeah, life. Yeah, we touched upon this. But even with that said, yeah, it's seven still foot surprising. Three, you should be able to grab a basketball. Right. Right. Well, we mentioned Gonzaga and what a team like that would do to Syracuse. We talked about Duke on our last show. Gonzaga beats Duke. New number one in the country. I told my dad Gonzaga was going to win that game. Yeah. They were seven point Gonzaga underdogs. plays great basketball. They they, they play they play the best ba- they play the best team basketball I've seen from a college team in years. Between them and Villanova of the last couple yeah, of years, Vill- those Vill- Villanova championships, right? And and between Jay Wright and Mark Few, you're talking about two of the best coaches in the game. 
And the reason I, I said that Gonzaga was going was gonna to win that game, or at least that they were an incredibly live dog, is that they hit their shots, they move the ball well, and they always start the season well. They're well-coached, their off-season workouts, and their, se- and their practices during the season, obviously, year in and year out, prepare them to be ready for the game. And for Duke, they're starting a lot of youth that turned the ball over a lot in the previous game against Auburn. Let Auburn stay in that game. A good Auburn team, a, a very good Auburn yeah, team that it, didn't play necessarily well, but just lived off like turnovers. They don't try for like a five right. to ten minute portion where that allows teams to come back. And I thought Gonzaga was going to, to pretty much take control of the game, break their will if they were going to win, and, and run away with it. And right, they pretty much right. did, except Duke made a run at the end of the game and cut I, it to two. Honestly, but for honestly, most of the game, honestly, it was a blowout. Honestly, Duke should have should have won that game. Given the way it ended. Yes. Given the first they missed, 30 uh, minutes RJ of the Barrett game. missed five shots in the final like minute and a half right. minute. Which, uh, which, by the way, like a lot of people are like, you know, attacking him and and being rude about him taking five shots. Don't be rude, ladies and gentlemen. Charlie gets no, offended. No, no, <laughs> but like, listen, he's the best. He, him or Zion or Cam, they have such a talented team. But RJ Barrett has been that go-to guy. So why care? Why why are you attacking a guy who, mind you, was the big reason behind the, their comeback over Gonzaga? He was making plays left and right and led the comeback, and then you're going out and attacking him because you're saying he's playing hero ball. But no, he needed not. to be a hero, and he was for most of the. But not even the, the but run he wasn't playing made. hero ball. He was playing what what Coach K wanted to do, and that was get him the ball and have him score because he was doing that with ease the past ten minutes. Yeah, it just didn't work out. I also think if you have a guy like Coach K, like it's hard to say that a player, a freshman at that, is like taking too much control because Coach K is is fully capable of stopping that if he thought it was problematic. Yeah, you say RJ take the ball, they're gonna collapse and pass it out or whatever, and you, you do you what know. Coach K says. Yes. And I mean, granted, like everyone's like, "Oh, RJ, when he got by the guy, shouldn't have brought it up because two guys were collapsed on him. He should have found Zion cutting in the back." Yes, but in your when you're playing a basketball you game can't make in the, the right final pass every seconds time. of a in the final seconds you're down, you're thinking, "I just got past this guy. I got to take the shot." You don't. He's not going to think, "Oh, let me like see where everyone else is." It's I'm attacking. Right, and even if your eyes are up, you can't make the right play on every single no. play. For me, and you said this, you said. They should have won the game, given the end. I agree, but given the first 35 minutes of the game, first 30 minutes of the game, Gonzaga should have won by 20. So, yes. is Duke... And so the, the, and we'll close on this. I have said since before the season, I said the most dangerous thing that can happen to this Duke team is that they lose. Because when these great teams... You look at the Kentucky team, the freshman team that went undefeated, was the national champion favorite, lost in the Final Four to Wisconsin and Frank Kaminsky. If that was mid-season... Kentucky would have won the t- run the table and won and won the NCAA tournament because sometimes these freshmen think they're too good. They think it's, yep. they get too comfortable. They think that they can win every game because they have. They need to be slapped, you know, punched in the mouth, woken up a little bit, reminded that they can still lose if they don't play their A game, and that's all the motivation they yeah, need to play their the A game for the rest of their year. Slaughtered Indiana, and they will continue to do that because any single time they feel that they're playing their B game, they're going to remember what happened the last time they did that, and they're going to step it up, put it into first gear, and they're going to run away with things. Yes. And this is very dangerous for the rest of college basketball. Duke remains the best team in college basketball, whether or not they're playing like it right now, or whether or not they played like it against Gonzaga, or whether or not they're ranked like that. They are the most dangerous team in yep. college basketball. We're going to move on to our favorite yeah, segment. We, 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 missed, we missed national again. Last week we had the 15-minute late problem because we couldn't figure out 
why this music song, if you were listening last week, you, there was just this damn like three second We thing couldn't get on air. Pausing. There was just this weird music playing and yeah. none of our stuff was going through. So, and then, and then we didn't get the national then. And then we didn't get the national today. It's kind of sad. Yeah. But the betting we table. survive is in our, advance. Is our, is our, uh, we, still, we still get the betting table, which is our favorite segment. And with that, we're going to actually change things up a bit this week for the betting table. And I got to go quick because we're running out of time here. We've got five games. We're picking all the college football power five championship, championship games. games. So those games, Oklahoma favored by seven and a half against Texas. Alabama favored by 13 and a half against Georgia. Ohio State favored by 14 against Northwestern. Clemson favored by 27 and a half against Pitt. And Washington favored by five and a half against Utah. Charlie, you rattle yours off. I'll read AJ's and I'll get into mine. Okay. Well... I'm going Oklahoma minus seven and a half against Texas. I really wish, if I was actually betting this game, I'd buy a half a point and make it seven. But I think Oklahoma is going to come out with their A game. They're playing Texas, who they lost to earlier in the year. I think they're just going to go in. They're going to blow out Texas and make the. I think, and then also they need to blow them out to make the college football playoffs. So I'm going Oklahoma there. Um, Bama minus thirteen and a half against Georgia. I, I told my friends last night when it was 14 and a half that I was very close to taking Georgia. Um, but, I, I mean, less than two touchdowns, you got to go Bama, especially because they haven't lost by tw- – I mean, they haven't won by less than 20 at all this season. Um, and then Ohio State minus 14 against Northwestern. I'm going Northwestern plus 14. They have lost one big Big Ten game uh, all, se- all last two years, I think, is what my friend said. And – they're going to come out and they're going to want to beat Ohio State and not make them in the college football playoffs. So I'm going to – and two touchdowns is way too much to give any team in a, in a championship game. Except Alabama, Except, apparently. Well, no, Alabama's 13 <laughs> That's true. And a you said at 14 and a half you would have taken Georgia. Except Clemson. Clemson minus 28. I'm taking Clemson. I don't 27 think – 27 and a half or, or 28 now? Did it change? 20, sorry, no, no, 27 and a half. Okay. But I think they win by four touchdowns. Pitt is good when they're home. They're not that good when they're not home. Clemson is the real deal the – then if, they, if it wasn't for Alabama, they're the best team in the country. So I'm going Clemson. And then Washington minus five and a half. I think they're going to ride the hot streak. They beat Washington State. They eliminated Washington State from the um, both the Pac-12 championship and the chance at a college football playoff. I think they're going to win by, uh, win by five and a half. I think they win by a touchdown over Utah. So AJ takes Oklahoma, Alabama, Ohio State, Cl- um, Clemson, yes, and Utah. So, so he, he took, took four all favorites, favorites except and, for Utah, and, yeah. Utah. For me, I'm going Oklahoma. Um, I really think Oklahoma is a great football team. They obviously don't play defense. Kyler Murray, that's my guy. I'm riding with him. I just remembered what I was going to say about him, his style of running. We'll address it a different time. We'll address it when we reflect on the games next week. Um, Alabama, I've got Alabama against Georgia. This is the best team in the country, far and away. They are not going to lose by less than two touchdowns. I'd be surprised. Win by less than two touchdowns. I'd be surprised if they did. Ohio State, uh, I'm going to take Ohio State minus 14. Northwestern is too slow. That's really the bottom line for me there. Michigan is a slow team. The reason Ohio State's defense was able to perform for the most part for most of the game against Michigan is because they can keep up with slower teams. But when they're in the open field having to make one-on-one plays, that's when they struggle. For that reason and for the reason that I think their offense is just that much better, I'm riding with Ohio State minus 14. Clemson minus 27.5 against Pitt. I'm taking Pitt. I cannot pick a line that big. Clemson is far and away the better team. I would not be shocked if they won by four touchdowns, five touchdowns, whatever the case. But I can't say comfortably that that's what's going to happen. I see them winning by three touchdowns. I can't take a game that that's, that's, the line is that big. Uh, and then Washington against Utah. I think this game is is 50-50 coin toss. And for that reason, I'm taking the dog. I have to take Utah. Uh, yes, Washington won against Washington State and they stopped them. That game was in a blizzard. Yeah. Gardner Minshew that could not awesome grab the football. Game. It was a great game. But Washington State... 
in good conditions would have walloped Washington. I don't think it would have been Miles Gaskin would say otherwise. And Miles Gaskin, who seems like he's been in the Pac-12 for a decade, yeah. would obviously he had a great game. But I think that had to do with the field conditions and the fact that the air raid couldn't do exactly that, play air raid. So I'm going to take Utah in that game, and that's going to conclude this episode of the post game. Thank you for tuning in, and we will see you next week. Have a great weekend, everybody. See ya.